Oh, it's the Cashing Out Podcast. We're eight days away now, guys, from Ohio State, Michigan. We're going to get into that. Give me the points. Because, yeah, I, well, the look-ahead line is five and a half still, even without uh, Jimbo coaching in that game. We'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, Moneyline Mark, Anthony Rothman, Scotty Vegas. We're going to try and make you some money today. And, guys, I want to start out with NFL and specifically AFC North and your thoughts on what a crazy week it's been, right? So Deshaun Watson now out for the year and uh, Joe Burrow last night with the injury. looks like that's a relatively serious one as well. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. We'll start with Moneyline Mark on what in the world is going to happen with the Bengals and the Browns going forward. Well, that division just keeps beating each other up. And I think, you know, Saturday we got Sunday, we have uh, Pittsburgh coming to Cleveland. So Pickett's going to face a lot of pressure there too. And Lamar's banged up a little bit too. We might have all backup quarterbacks in the AFC North by the end of the year. Um, These teams beating the crap out of each other. But um, I think the Browns can get away with uh, not having Watson more than the Bengals can get away with not having Burrow just because of the surrounding cast. I agree Um, with that for sure. Anthony, you you on board with that too? That the the Browns can still recover without Deshaun. I don't know if the Bengals can. No, I I would sell now on them. I mean, I I don't, I have no idea what Burrow's injury is going to be and how long he's going to be out. And um, I always felt like that game last night was for the division anyway. Now the Mark Andrews injury throws me off a little bit. It not a ton, but it throws me off a little bit. He's obviously such a big target, such a big weapon for them. But what they have now in their running game, I mean, I I know that the Browns still get, well, the Bengals have, you know, I'm trying to look at at Cincinnati, will come out of this with 10 days off before they host Pittsburgh. So if his wrist is okay or rehabable, I don't know how serious it is. They still, but the problem is they still have to go to Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, they have to go to Kansas City. They will host Cleveland at the end of the year. Um, I mean, my money now would certainly be on the Ravens anyway. I, I, If you guys tell me there's a value play in the Browns at plus whatever it is, 450 to win the North, could I sprinkle a little bit in on that? Yeah, I think the oddball team now becomes Pittsburgh. Like they're the only ones that didn't get cracked yet this week with a bad injury. Yeah, um, it's not like I trust Kenny Pickett, but their running game's coming along a little bit. Their defense is certainly serviceable. Here's the problem, though: Pittsburgh has to go to Cleveland and they have to go to Cincinnati, so they have two road games the next two weeks. Um, if they split those games, then their schedule's doable because they play Arizona, they play New England, they play Indy. Like if Pittsburgh can somehow get away with. You know, splitting these two, that's why this one's pretty important. And if they catch the Bengals without Burrow, maybe you could talk me into, ironically, that the value now is Pittsburgh. It could be. It could be. Uh, Gosh, that's even hard to to think about. But uh, I want to tell you guys one betting story because I had a a nice big parlay lined up for the weekend, and I was an idiot, and I threw Joe Burrow over – 200 passing yards and I thought that was lock city I just wanted to throw it in there because I wanted some interest in the game last night and I didn't feel comfortable taking sides but it just kind of shows you that those player props which look Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow over 200 yards should be lock city should happen 95 out of 100 times but of course he gets hurt 
only ends up with 100 yards, and it loses the entire parlay for me. So you got to be careful with those player props. All right, let's move on. Let's talk Ohio State. And specifically, I don't think we need to spend much time on Ohio State-Minnesota. I believe Ohio State covers easily against Minnesota, the 27-and-a-half, because Minnesota is terrible and heading in the wrong direction. They just got killed by Purdue. So I would take, I would give the points for Ohio State. But I want to ask you guys this. Ohio State in the look-ahead line is a five-and-a-half-point underdog to Michigan. I looked. It didn't change this morning from the Jim Harbaugh news yesterday. I want to ask you guys this, though. Gun to head, are you taking Ohio State or Michigan to win that game? I mean, if if your life depended on it and you had to make a pick, who wins that game? You win or you lose. You you live or you die. Uh, Mark, let's go with you first. I know what he's going to say. I can already tell you what he's going to say. Okay. <laughs> he's go- It's better to die an Ohio State fan than live as a Michigan fan. Is Am I right in that? Totally right. Totally right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's totally accurate. I, I couldn't you, – you can't sacrifice who you are, even if there is a gun to your head, I don't think, right? <laughs> I, so I said this to Scott, that when you try to take emotion out, it's not humanly possible. Because here's the thing. You're going to be inherently biased either way. You're either going to be biased in your mental hedge against them to protect yourself of the disappointment, or you're going to mental hedge, or you're going to have the biasness in your fandom. Now, if you try to remove both those from your brain, subliminally, I think it still seeps in there somehow. <laughs> so it really, it really depends on what your personality is. If your personality is to protect against disappointment, gun to the head, you're going to take Michigan. Um, because then you'll be okay, right? Um, if Ohio State wins, you'll be thrilled. So you're protecting against disappointment. Well, no, you'd be dead. If you take Michigan and Ohio State wins, you're not going to be thrilled. You're going to be dead. Right, but it, <laughs> what I'm saying is that you'd rather lean into whatever your your bias is. How are your personality direction? Are you more conservative? Are you more aggressive? I think the the answer to your question is there are only, in my mind, two bets to make here. Um you're either betting Ohio State money line and taking the value or Ohio State in the points. I don't I don't see a world where I want to live with Michigan absolutely winning the game or Michigan laying the points. I, I just it's one of those things that I know the pressure's all on Ohio State. I just feel like the value right now in this game, top to bottom, because you can't tell me Michigan's on paper that much better than Ohio State. No. No, I mean, if you look at the talent across the board, if you look at NFL draft projections, well, Ohio State has probably more talent, right? And, mm-hmm. and I know the fact is they've lost two in a row, and it's a road game, and there's a ton of pressure on Ryan Day to get it done. And now he's going to be going up against an assistant coach as the mm-hmm. head coach. That's even more pressure. Yep. I actually wish that Harbaugh was coaching in that game. I really One, I wanted yeah. to see what that handshake was going to be like, but I also think it puts more pressure on Ohio State than than previously if, if Harbaugh was going to be out there. You agree with that, Mark? Do you wish that Harbaugh was coaching in that game? Totally. You know, I, I can't wait for this game. Just This is honestly one of the most important games I think since I've been alive. Might and be the most important. Yeah, and just the controversy and everything going on, it's just, it's going to be phenomenal, and I can't wait to win. And I, I totally agree with Anthony. I'm definitely taking 
Buckeyes money line on this one. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Think about this too, guys. This is the last year where the Ohio State Michigan loser is basically done, right? Their season ends with a loss because in the future, a loss in that game, you're probably still getting into the playoff and it doesn't really, I mean, it matters. The game will still matter, but you're still in the big picture, still in it. This is the last year where unless absolute chaos happens, and Anthony, you and I were talking about mm-hmm. the chaos that would happen have to happen for the loser to get in. Uh, it seems like the loser is basically you're not going to go to a Rose bowl. You're not going to go to a bowl that really matters. So the loser is done. Well, it really just depends on if the PAC 12 somehow has a weird wild implosion or Washington loses or Oregon loses before they can get to the PAC 12. And then it just Florida state loses Well, Florida state. You would need that. Cause if, if we can go on the premise that Florida state if Florida State wins out, you know the SEC champ is getting in. Whether it's Bam or Georgia, they're getting in. So SEC champ, Big Ten champ, Florida State, and then you'd have to think it would be between the Ohio State-Michigan loser and the Pac-12 champ. Yeah. Unless Alabama beats Georgia in a great game, close one, and the committee says we're going to drop Georgia to four. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to close us yeah. close out the podcast with this. Ohio State, uh, again, is a five-and-a-half-point underdog for next week. The other lines in the SEC championship game, the look-ahead line, Georgia's a four-point favorite over Alabama. Oregon would be a seven-point favorite over Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. And Florida State would be a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Louisville in the ACC championship game. It's just getting better and better. We'll do a podcast again next week for OSU Michigan. Can't wait for it. This is Cashing Out.